Conspiracy theories are at the heart of anti-Semitism. All types of racism tend to dehumanise and insult whatever minority they are targeted at. But anti-Semitism has an added layer that claims that there is a vast Jewish conspiracy that is to blame for war, terrorism, financial crash. I saw one the other day blaming Jews for the promotion of transgender issues as a way of undermining society. I mean, crazy stuff. But conspiracy theories are always there at the heart of attempts to incite hatred against Jewish people. And you increasingly get conspiracy theories uh, about Muslim takeover and Islamification of society. And so what can start out as sounding just quite cranky and bizarre and, and silly can actually be quite dangerous when it's used to stir up hatred of minorities and to organise uh, extremist movements and really focus their hatred in that way. It makes you feel like you understand something that the rest of society doesn't. You become a little tight group who have understood more than everything else. There's a little bit of an elitist element to it there. You feel a little bit better than everybody else that you've seen behind the curtain. Then of course there's a missionary element to it. They want to get the word out, but they also kind of like to have these secret meetings and share in their latest research. The archives from the listening posts show no evidence that they heard anything about deaths in Auschwitz. And in, uh, in England. We're talking about Germans. Yes, but we didn't know that this was going on because it wasn't. These these camps were work camps. They were work camps. They were there to help in the war effort. They were they were distilling coal to make fuel, that sort of thing. So if, if they wanted to kill the Jews, they wouldn't have put them in a, taken them all the way across Europe and put them in a camp and paid for their food and everything. So Keep Talking is a London-based conspiracy theory group that was started in 2010. My name is Patrick. I'm a researcher at Hope Not Hate. I did a longer infiltration of British and American far-right group between 2016 and 2017. It started in London at the London Forum and brought me to Charlottesville in the US, spoke to fascist meetings in Seattle and met many of the most prominent uh, activists of the alternative right, both here and in the US. And during the course of, of that infiltration, I came in touch with Keep Talking uh, because it was one of these meetings that the members of London Forum uh, actually went to, part for, for personal reasons, to make friends, uh, but also because of the anti-Semitic uh, background to much of Keep Talking. Um, these far-right activists from the London Forum knew that they could win them over. They, these people could be radicalized into um, more extreme far-right ideas. And Dave Rich is a director of policy at CST and has also been involved in this project. Keep Talking as a group started to attract people who were familiar to us from other environments. There were people turning up who we knew had been Labour Party members, who'd been quite active and then one by one had been suspended by the party for anti-Semitism. They had a speaker, Vanessa Beely, who's part of a network of academics and activists that promote conspiracy theories uh, about Syria. 
uh, that involves some very respectable academics in this country. There were people who'd been convicted of uh, hate crimes, speaking alongside others who'd, who'd given talks in the Houses of Parliament. So it was a group that brought together people of some significance in different areas alongside really quite nasty far-right racists, alongside people involved in, in other kind of conspiracy theory networks and that had an impact offline and, and outside of these meetings as well in the real world. That's why we thought they were potentially important and worrying group that we needed to take a closer look at. And it came out of the 9-11 truther movement, so people who have conspiracy theories around 9-11 and what happened and who was behind it. There are quite a few of those. It was an inside job, um, it was Israel, it was Mossad, different variations. But that quite quickly shifted into a much, much wider um, conspiratorial group. Essentially any conspiracy theory under the sun, anything you could think of, there has been a speech on. It's skepticism of, of global warming, it's murders of Diana, of Paul McCartney, of Elvis. Like it's, it's literally the murder of anyone that's, that's a conspiracy theory. The White Helmets and the affiliated terrorist and extremist groups. They deny occupation. Of, of course, of the White Helmets running cross-border uh, organ trafficking. The media campaign around the death of Labour MP Joe Cox has been a PR assault on the minds of the public. And then, of course, it's the very clearly anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Things relating to the Second World War, the Holocaust, and these wider ones about Jewish influence and control over the banking system. You can find almost anything there. Many different conspiracy theories, and therefore it also brings people from quite different backgrounds. Nicholas Kollström is a co-founder of Keep Talking. Kollerström is born in 1946. He has a PhD in um, the history of science. He was very active in the ecology party in the um, 80s. But then over time he turned increasingly conspiracy theory interested. He got involved in the 9-11 in the truther movement. At this point he was an honorary lecturer at UCL, but in 2007 he released essentially a Holocaust denying book. He openly calls himself a revisionist, which is what Holocaust deniers call themselves. So you want to revise history. And in 2008, he lost his uh, uh, status as an honorary member of staff at UCL. And since then, he has been very, very active in conspiracy theory circles. In the audience, you often find far-right activists like um, Alison Shablo, who is a one of the most well-known current uh, Holocaust deniers in the UK. Um, she's a musician. She has been uh, sentenced uh, on two counts of, of sending offensive, indecent or menacing messaging. No regrets whatsoever. Um, I'm not going to be making any groveling apology, that's for sure. That is kind of her way of, of doing activism. She, she produces music with very anti-Semitic messaging. It's quite niche, but she's very active in the far-right scene in London. And she goes to most Keep Talking meetings and other smaller, more obscure groups. She also has a background in the Labour Party. 
So you have very clearly far-right people. Nikolshan himself goes to clearly fascist conferences and groups and meets with people who are openly calling themselves national socialists. And he's a Holocaust denier. But there you can also find people who are members of the Labour Party and identify as left. Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in. New demo called Survivors with three sets of brackets around it. Many uh, of, of the people there are very pro-Palestine so uh, and come from, from that movement, have been activists for Palestinian causes. Much of that comes from anti-Semitism, of course, but it's an interesting group for that reason, that they managed to join together these different sides of the political spectrum. It does seem counterintuitive that uh, any left-wing or progressive people should be in this kind of world at all. But there is a strand of left-wing thinking that is susceptible to conspiracy theories that sees the whole of capitalism or imperialism as one big kind of, uh, you know, rigged system, one big elite-run network of power designed to keep people down and, and, and oppress the masses. And, and, and rather than being a, a kind of fact-based, evidence-based critique of, of how capitalism actually works, it ends up actually just working as a conspiracy theory that tries to identify who are the secret string pullers who, are, who have made the world how it is. And within that there is another strand, we're talking about strands within strands here, who have mapped that onto uh, the kind of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that we've seen for you know the last 150 years and said, well, these secret string pullers are, are Jewish financiers, Jewish bankers, Jewish capitalists. It might be the Rothschilds, it might be George Soros. You know, we've seen both of these names banded about in these meetings. You know, we've seen the last two or three years in, in the left that this anti-Semitism, as part of a conspiracy theory way of viewing the world, has become more prominent and more mainstream and has caused a lot of problems for the Labour Party, as we've seen. And here you have people of the left, current or, or previous Labour Party members, expressing these ideas, expressing this way of viewing the world, literally sat next to fascists, neo-Nazis, Holocaust deniers. The first time I was at a Keep Talking meeting was in January 2017. Pippa King was talking. She had a long talk about kind of the increased surveillance in the UK, which is, of course, happening. So, but, but she pulled it a couple of steps further. I was there with people from the London Forum, which is a fascist conference that happens every couple of months in, in London, or it did until it was shut down a few years ago. Having spent quite a lot of time with with very distinct far-right group, I was quite surprised that they took me here. This felt to me like it was kind of outside of what they would be interested in. You know, I was used to go to meetings and, and talk on clearly very racist topics, uh, anti-Semitic speeches, homophobia. That was what I was used to, to see during my infiltration. This was slightly different. Didn't really see why they would be interested in the topic. The people I was there didn't seem very interested either. But they were there in part for, for social reasons. There are not that many events of, of this sort that are open to the far right and the anti-Semitic extreme right in London and this is one of them. The people went there and people from Keep Talking went to uh, the London Forum. So it was a social thing as well. So I would say the people who did 9-11 are, are in control of the world we live in now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the only way we can 
overcome that is by uh, the, the power of truth. Anti-Semitic conspiracy theories played a huge role in the Second World War in Nazi Germany to justify and bring about the Holocaust. So the idea that Jews are actually waging a war against the white German people, have secretly organized to overthrow governments and, and, and run the banking system and all these things. It was useful to radicalize people back then and justify what, what they were doing. And ever since then, of course, those ideas have still been there. Anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, anti-Muslim conspiracy theories, which are often related. So you might believe that Jewish people are kind of orchestrating immigration or, or war in, in the Middle East to bring Muslim people to Europe to somehow destroy it. So there are loads of variations of these. We often call it the great replacement now in kind of identitarian circles, which kind of removes the anti-Semitic element to it to a, to a degree or tones it down a bit. Focuses more on kind of intentional migration by Muslim people in order to somehow take over Europe. That conspiratorial thinking is of course useful in when it comes to how you how they dealt with, with the Holocaust itself. So it was a tactic choice. One believed that if we can erase the memory of the Holocaust, we can rehabilitate fascism. I was very familiar with the Hitler case. I'd spent 20 years of my life studying the story of Adolf Hitler. Quite respected people at, at, at one point really consciously tried to push this idea. And among them we have David Irving, for example a big British denier who wrote Hitler's War, biography of, of Adolf Hitler, which in, in its first editions were um, not a denying book, but then over time in its more recent editions started changing and sowing doubt about what Hitler knew, was it conscious, did he actually know about it? And he started talking in, in kind of Holocaust denying conferences and brought about a movement in a way, which includes many kind of hobby historians and a few real ones to spread these ideas and, and, and their conspiratorial ideas has been useful. German historians had said they were genuine, Eberhard Jekyll had said they were genuine, so they must be genuine, but they were. And I've got the same kind of feeling about the Holocaust. Conspiracy theory is a problem when it reaches these levels. It's, it's a breeding ground for, for hate. Uh, in different forms. It undermines progressive movements as well. There are loads of good pro-Palestine groups and activism happening. When these groups start to add anti-Semitic ideas to them, you undermine that cause. You undermine progressive important causes. You make people distance themselves from them, you split movements, and you direct good positive energy in a very negative direction, so could lead to outbursts of anti-Semitism. It can be very difficult to challenge individual conspiracy theories in an effective way, and I think there's, there's on one level there is just trying to debunk individual conspiracy theories. You know, the evidence shows something different, the facts show something different. Quite often conspiracy theories are more complicated and a lot less plausible than the truth, however difficult the truth is to, to understand. But more broadly it's a way of thinking, because conspiracy theories are a way of simplifying a complicated world. And instead of accepting that the world can be quite chaotic and quite complex and it there may not be a single person or thing to blame for stuff that goes wrong, conspiracy theories always try to identify a scapegoat. 
who is it to blame? It might be the Jews, it might be the Muslims, it might be the bankers, it might be the Davos elite, it might be George Soros, whoever. And you point the finger at a single person or, or organisation or group, they're to blame for this incredibly terrible, complicated world. And it simplifies things and it, it then can lead you to come up with an idea of how to solve all these problems that is completely wrong and won't help but might make sense because it's easier to understand in a way. And so I think the way to address conspiracy theories is to address this way of thinking. We need to encourage people to always have a fact-based or an evidence-based way of thinking to always look for that evidence and to, I think, resist that urge towards trying to simplify complicated things. At Hope No Hate and, and CST as well, we are afraid of kind of the potential of conspiracy theories to, to lead you into intolerant ideas and, and hateful movements. Anti-Semitic ideas and Islamophobic ideas often have conspiratorial elements to them that could make people uh, more likely to take action. To if, if you do think that Jewish people somehow control the government and the banking system, and if you do think that Muslim people are actually secretly trying to um, take over your country, that makes they make it more likely for you to take um, direct action. Um, and we've seen terror attacks over the last year, which makes us very worried about that. And separately from that, it is worrying when uh, conspiratorial ideas and misinformation uh, subverts uh, progressive, important movements, uh, especially in this case, environmentalist and, and anti-global warming uh, groups. So by exposing this group and teaching about conspiracies more broadly, we will stop the ability of, of the far right to radicalize and recruit from conspiracy theory groups. By teaching people more broadly what, what conspiracy theories does, uh, we hope to limit the way they have an influence in progressive movements. So go to our website, read the report. Thank you for listening.